Hello and welcome to the Inner Work Conversation. I am Nikki Cross from the future. I'm recording this about 170 episodes in. We're currently in June 2023 and I just thought I'd record an introduction to my earlier episodes for the simple reason my sister was at breakfast the other day in a cafe and she overheard a lady saying to her friend, I have just found the inner work conversation. It's really, really useful. I'm going to go right the way to the beginning and work my way through the episodes. And it immediately made me want to try and contact this lady who I have no idea who she is and be like, no, don't do that. Because this this podcast, it's been going for a few years. And during that time, I have grown. I have changed. I have evolved. I have grown more confident in my abilities and in my competence, not just in my podcasting abilities, but also in what I do with my clients. I've become much more sure about who I best work with, who I best serve, and how we can best have conversations around the topics that are meaningful to the people who I work with. And so it makes me want to go, oh God, no, listen to the more recent episodes. That's where you're going to get your best value. That's where you're going to get your best insights. And it also, to be honest, makes me go, oh, in those older episodes, I sound different. I sound different because I was trying really hard. I was trying really hard to be liked and accepted. I was trying really hard to find my place in this in this space. And I think it comes through. I think that you can hear that. And I'll be honest, there's some old, old episodes that I've gone back and I've thought, oh, that, that's made me cringe or I actually disagree with myself. And so it leaves me with the question, why wouldn't I take the old episodes down? And my simple answer is this. As we all navigate life and business, we all evolve and we all grow. And there is always going to be an older version of us that we wish we'd have said things differently or we wish we'd have done things differently. Like for example, at the beginning of my business, I wish that I'd have been much more confident in who I worked with and how I can serve them and really back in my own, you know, opinions around certain things. But I can't go back. None of us can. None of us can go back to a previous version of ourselves and rewrite time. And so I'm leaving all of my older episodes in for one reason only. And that is because I want you to take these older episodes and take them for what they are, a demonstration of someone growing and evolving and learning in public. And I I say all of this and I introduce this episode with the hope that that not only inspires you, but also helps you to give yourself permission to grow and evolve and learn in public. So many of us just won't put ourselves out there for fear that it's not going to be good enough and you know it's not going to be right and when i when i listen back to my original my my initial podcast episodes it's not good enough and it's not right by my standards now but it was back then everyone has to start somewhere we all have to start somewhere we can't just rock up to something and be who we want to be or have the quality that we want to have from day one. So with what you're about to listen to, please, please know that as these podcasts, as the numbers roll on, the more me you will hear me get, but that's the more me now. Yeah. And that's not to say that there isn't value and insight in these older episodes. It's just letting you know that this is my version of growing and evolving out loud. So with all that said, let's get into the episode. Hi. 
Hello and welcome to the Inner Work Conversation, a podcast with leaders like you in mind. I'm Nikki Cross, owner of Thrive Life and Business, and in today's episode, I'm joined by a very special guest. Miwa De Silva is a sales coach and strategist with a keen focus on abundance and practical success strategies. In this episode, we discuss building confidence, asking for what you want and knowing your worth, how to turn comparison into inspiration using other people's successes as empowering fuel rather than getting into a comparison rut. And finally, Miwa shares with us all of her wisdom on self-promotion and selling in empowered integrity that's in alignment with your true personality. And of course, as always, we're diving into all things inner work with the objective of making you feel empowered and reassured that you are totally not alone. Before we dive in, I also wanted to let you know that my one-to-one coaching spaces are now fully booked, but if you did want to join us inside Thrive Together, I'll leave the link in the show notes. So without further ado, let's dive straight in. I am so pleased to have you here today. I'm so pleased to be here. I'm so excited. Thank you for having me, Nikki. You're it's welcome. amazing. Could you introduce yourself and just tell us a little bit about your journey so far? Absolutely, absolutely. So I'm Miwa and you know I'm a sales coach and a sales strategist. Um, my focus at the moment is really coaches, helping them hit their revenue goals by mastering so sales mindset and then sales strategies for implementation, you know, sales campaigns and things like that. A little bit about my journey is that I started my career in corporate. So I have been sort of a city girl. Um, I worked in investment banking and then consulting at a big four company. Um, while there, I realized that I really enjoyed the, you know, just the sales, the business, you know, the revenue um, side of things and how marketing and sales ties into companies' revenues. And so I thought, I'm going to start to do this on my own. <laughs> as you do. So I stepped out and started to think about how I could really help women. Um, my focus is with women just because for me personally, it is very important. I feel like one of my missions on earth is to help women really increase their earning potential and put more wealth into the hands of women. Um, and that's why I'm here. That's why I believe that I'm here. So yes, it's very, very brief, but that is a little bit about my journey so far. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm. I love what you were saying there about the, your, your why. You know, it's all very well and good being a sales strategist and being a sales coach, but hearing about your reasoning, why you do that. And I'd love to dig a little bit deeper into that in today's episode, because we do, don't we? As women, particularly in business, there is a lot of mindset blocks around money, around wealth. I think if I use the words perceived value, I think there will be a lot of women listening and tuning in today who have been in a position where they've maybe struggled to ask for a promotion, ask for a pay rise, you know, state their price confidently. When you are helping the women that you help, and whether that was in, you know, your consultancy job or in the past, or whether that's as you, you know, you're in, you're a business owner now, what are the key challenges that you see people face when it comes particularly to selling, showing up, and that whole wealth mindset that you were touching on then? 
Okay, cool. Yes, great question, Nikki. So I think one of the fundamental things with women, and this kind of dates back to just our backgrounds and how we kind of grow up and things like that, we're, we're, we're very nurturing, right? And we're very wanting to give. And sometimes that, you know, making um, that hard stop between that nurture phase, right? And being a nurture and being a giver and being very nice and also really nurturing yourself, right? And, and putting into your business um, and really asking to be compensated for what you do, women have a really hard time transitioning. So I get a lot of clients who come into my programs and they're like, oh, you know what? I don't want to sell for like the first six months of my business because, um, you know, I don't want to come up as if I'm selling, right? And the moment I say, well, okay, when you sell and you hit your revenue goes, what does that mean to you? And then they're like, well, it means more money to take care of my family, my kids, my dad. I'm like, well, do you see how this is a full circle? And the moment that we realize that when you have more money, right? When I personally believe that when women have money, more good happens in the world, right? We nurture our homes, we nurture our communities. And so I, the first mindset shift that we make is, you know, I, and I found this is such a powerful move in sales strategy. The, the moment a woman writes down what that money is supposed to be used for, the game changes, right? Because um, it's never, you know, and sometimes when people write it down, yes, we love the material things, we love the pretty things, but a lot of times it's really tied to something bigger. People want to send other people to universities, they want to open charities, they want to, you know, fund their families and things like that. And so we just have a hard time really, you know, articulating that, but the moment it's articulated and we realize there's a bigger, sort of a greater goal um, to the money that we want, then it doesn't seem so superficial anymore. And I think that is the first thing in overcoming that fear of sales and that when you realize that you're revenue is tied to something good the greater good then it's easier to sell right why wouldn't you show up if you know that to fund that charity that you want to fund you have to show up today right in that in a couple of years you want to open that charity you know open whatever it is you want to open you want to send your kids to the best schools then why wouldn't you show up today yeah so, yeah. yeah so true it's really interesting to hear you me were talking about that block and that shift because many women that I work with mm-hmm. they will either with their words or with their tone apologize or be apologetic for having that attachment to a financial outcome so the way that that comes out is well here are my goals but you know it's not all about the money or here are my goals, but I haven't got that financial goal to be greedy. Mm-hmm. And it's almost like with what you're saying there about tying that to, okay, well, if you want to earn six figures this year, why is that? Where will that money go to? Will you invest it back in your business? Will you? Will that money be invested in your child's education? Will you book yourself onto four spa weekends because you can? Yeah, because a deeper layer to that is, I suppose... Um, and I, I really want to touch on this as well, that worthiness, that sort of, well, it's okay for me to want that money and that wealth for yeah. myself and for my life. Yeah. I think the other thing that came up for me when you were talking then is, so I'm 35, somewhere around that. Um, yeah, 35 this year. And my parents, so my mum would have been a, in her early 70s, my dad's in his mid 70s now and they were definitely from an age of you work you work hard you it doesn't matter if you like your job you just work overtime you get as much as you possibly can and you invest that money in stability you have a job and you keep that job and so I think that the other really inherent belief is that we need to seek security and we need to seek financial 
oh, not even financial. We need to be showing ourselves as valuable through the grind and the graft and the hustle. Do you see that come up a lot? Absolutely. And I think even more so, so from my background, you know, I'm Nigerian, like I'm from Nigeria originally and moving here, I think when you have Nigerian parents, so my mom and dad were very working class. Um, mom's a magistrate, so she's a lawyer. Dad, you know, was working for many, many, many years before he became an entrepreneur. But it's very much like you become a doctor, a lawyer, or, you know, a banker, a, a worst case, a banker, right? Um, and so even making that transition to have that conversation with them, it's very much like, it's always worst case scenario centered. And that's the problem. The problem is growing up, right? as you, you know, whatever you hear, what you internalize, what you take in, it's always, always worst case scenario centered. It's never best case scenario centered. So no one ever says like, you know, if you think about back to your childhood and even mine and all the relationships you've had with friends, family, et cetera, it's always about the one entrepreneur who started a business and, you know, was broke, et cetera. It's never, it's hardly ever about kind of, oh, well, she started a business and now she's sort of making seven figures, eight figures. It's never that. So it's always the horror stories. And so that's why, you know, I think that's one of the things that really um, is embedded in a lot of us as we kind of move along with life. And I find with a lot of my clients, the moment you start to tell them, well, what if like this launch went really well? Like, what if you were able to quit your job next month and you're able to replace your salary, your full-time salary? What if this, what if that? And they're like, oh, that's true. I'm like, it's just that we never think to think about it. And I don't know if that's just a female sort of, you know, that risk, very risk aware. We're not, you know, we to take too many risks just because of the way we've been brought up to be safe, to be sort of, you know, in a secure role. Like you said, you know, you work hard, you work at a company many years, you rise up the corporate ladder. Um, yeah, so I think it's something I, I definitely find. And I think flipping that script and starting to think, well, and that's why I look back to what we said earlier off the podcast about, you know, seeing inspiration, which I think now is such a great time to be alive and be present because you can see all of the best case scenarios, right? So for every worst case scenario, there's at least one other or two other best case scenarios, right? For us as women, especially. So it's a really great time. And I think that's really helping a lot of women step out and take that first initial scary, but you know, that first step. Yeah. Let's talk more about that. We can sometimes fall into a trap, I think. You, you mentioned before about, you know, it is such an amazing time to be alive because there are so many examples of inspiration and evidence online. Mm-hmm. So many examples now of entrepreneurs and business owners going from a situation, you know, whether that's in employment or even in a business that they weren't happy in into stepping into actually what really lights them up what they can bring to the world and also be really financially wealthy as a result of that and so I'm really keen to hear you know when people start working with you and you are you know you're giving them these alternative perspectives you're saying to them well that's one way of looking at it but have you considered that it could go well and have you considered the things that might go right how do you find that they perceive these examples online before you know you started working with them yeah so i think you know as we you know we were speaking earlier on is on instagram right now and online social media in general you know there's a lot of highlight reels right everything looks amazing everything looks great and sometimes i think people start to resent those things that look so great for other people right so they start to you know and it starts with little things right so you you know it's 
in bits. So the first thing is sort of, um, I know I've seen some people start to say things like, oh, I don't show my numbers online or it really, you know, gets to me when people show their numbers online, et cetera, which I get it. Like, I know that there's, you know, for every situation, right, there's the good guys and the bad guys, right? But um, I have seen some income reports where they've kind of shown how they built their team. They've shown what they had to invest in a coach to get there. And then they've shown their final results. And I've taken those as like major, major, mega inspiration, right, for my business. And if I hadn't seen those income reports, right, I wouldn't know all companies beat like the biggest banks in the world, all of the consulting banks, they all release their um, income reports, right? Every year, whatever, right? And we all read those. Some of them, you know, announce those in the, in the papers. And so why is that, you know, why is it awkward or why does it seem all of a sudden show offy if someone has created their income report and put this on their blog or, you know, they've shared how their company has done either profit loss, et cetera. But I think just as women, you know, we need to shift that perspective. And, you know, one of the reasons why the income gap even exists today is because of the lack of transparency. And so we should actually encourage people who are being transparent, because if I know that, well, other coaches who are kind of on my sort of maybe level in terms of just like our growth, our industry experience, et cetera, if this is what they're charging, at least I can use that as a fair benchmark to understand, well, okay, if, even if I'm not raising my price to that exact amount right now, at least I know that is something to aspire to. That is something, especially because within the coaching industry and service-based online business industry, there are no fixed figures, right? We don't have Glassdoor. For female coaches, we don't have, um, you know, we don't have all these things. And so this is the only way to gather the reports right now, right? Uh, and so I always encourage anyone I come in contact with, be it a client or someone in my community, that look, when you see another woman share her story, share her, um, you know, results, share like how great this year was for her, best believe that comes with its struggles and its hard work, but also take that as, you know, see it as inspiration, see it as, and be thankful that you got to see that. Because if everyone was hiding their, um, you know, their income reports, like, I don't know what I'll be charging. I'll probably be charging eight times less than what I'm charging now, right? And, you know, so I'm grateful to be able to see that because then that means to me, that shows me what's possible for me and my business and shows me something to aspire to be. It's so easy, isn't it, to fall into that comparison trap. And I think that's where, you know, that's where the judgment comes from. Mm -hmm. I also think if we're all honest, we've all done it. We've yeah. all looked at someone else, whether it be yeah. online or even in the workplace, you know. Yeah. I think it's the, you said it before, it's the mini things. Like I remember when I was employed and I'm talking a long time ago because this is when I actually worked in an office and I haven't worked mm -hmm. in an office for over six years, something silly. But I remember even the small things like when I would see someone drive in in an amazing car or... At the time, I was I was a mom to a young boy, and I would think in my head, well, you know, that's okay for them; they haven't got kids, or well, you know, that's you know that's fine for them, but you know, why why would I spend money on on those things? And it's almost like with the really small things, I think we can fall into a comparison trap, but then also <laughs> then and and add a layer to that, which is, but I didn't even want it anyway. Like I didn't. <laughs> Is that available for me anyway? Like, it's not my thing anyway. Like, yeah, know. yeah. Like, screw the Maldives. Like, it's not even that pretty. Yeah. Really. <laughs> Massively overrated. <laughs> and I'm really hopeful for anyone listening. You know, I hope that you're listening to this and thinking, okay, that's a perspective that I might not have even consciously considered before. I hope that for many people tuning in, 
you can you can actually look at the Instagram accounts or the LinkedIn accounts or whoever it is and go to the places that you would normally feel trap you in a comparison or a scarcity mindset and actually just look through it and like me we were saying there rather than go oh well you know they've got all of this or they're showing off or whatever it is and actually consider I wonder what struggle that that woman or that business person or that guy has been through to get where they've got today I wonder what adversity they've had to face I wonder how many limiting beliefs imposter syndrome demons they've had to you know challenge and overcome of course it comes with the growth and of course it comes with the the success mm. you know in the in business and financially but it's really easy to not see those things it's really easy to just see that it doesn't make me feel good so i'm not going to look at it yeah yeah exactly and i will say this that you know i think something that i used to do before and you know i just want to say this because i I know it's easy to talk about it now that you, when you're over it mm. or when you've grown through it, and I still go through it every day, but it's just, mm. I deal with it better, right? I think initially when I was, you know, not doing so well in this comparison space, I would go on someone's Instagram and see them really successful and immediately start to look for the discounting factors. So mm. I would immediately start to think, oh, she only has that because she has 100K followers or oh, she only has that because, you know, she got this shout out from this person. So I used to mm. immediately start to look for the ways that it was easy for them right which is not so great right because then that's you know like you said then that's what then starts to make you discount it for yourself anyway and think well I can't get that anyway because I don't I don't have 100k followers I don't have this I don't have that but also second thing was one of my mentors said to me and it did take me a while to start doing so I don't do it all the time but I found that when I do I feel incredibly I feel incredible afterwards is um, my mentor was like well if you see someone right that you follow or maybe don't follow and you think oh they've just hit like they've just shared like their first 100k or whatever it is send them congratulations like just comment on that like comment right give them some positivity because you want the same wouldn't you and so I found that when I actually you know it takes sometimes I'll scroll up and be like oh, I'll come back to this later but you know I do like you know share some love and just be like look like this is really nice thank you for the inspiration it does feel a lot better after you do that because usually then you see the nice side to them because then they respond back and they're like thank you so much um good luck you're next or you know something really nice like that that's really encouraging right and it's much better than seeing that and then unfollowing them or you know going into that base of oh I don't want to see that anymore it's it's interesting because we we have to keep working on this right it's not something that I'm completely over there are times you see things and you think oh this is nice I wish I had that but it's just how you deal with it right instead yeah. of like I used to do, instead of looking for discounting factors, send them a message, show them some love. They more often than not, you know, show you love back, maybe offer some guidance sometimes. And it's, you know, more good comes from that. Even if there's nothing in it for you at that point, know that there is something in it for that person. It probably means the world to that person to get that support from you at that time. And it's a good thing, right? Um, so, yeah. It's the more empowering tool, isn't it? Like you were saying, you know, what feels good for you, but it also feels good for them too. Yeah. I'm definitely for that. You know, just choose the next highest empowering thought. Even if, as you said, that is just I'm gonna take a break from that right now, but yeah. choose the next empowering thought. One of the things you touched on there, which I'd love to hear your thoughts on a little bit more, you know, we've talked about comparison and we've talked about how to view other people's successes, particularly online, as empowering fuel as opposed to a comparison trap yeah I would love to hear your thoughts on something that a lot of my clients and a lot of my community struggle with which is how that wealth mindset 
or lack thereof, maybe scarcity mindset, how that comes into play when they are pricing their services or selling their services even. You must see so much in your space um, in terms of how the maybe lack of confidence sometimes can impact how you sell yourself and sell your services. Could you tell me a little bit more about your experience there? Absolutely. So I found with a lot of us, um, so first thing, one thing, you know, a phrase we always say in my program is the person's bank account is not your business, their transformation is. So you're supposed to focus on their transformation. And because a lot of times we sell the way we buy. So when I want to sell something, I immediately think, do I think it's expensive, right? And expense or you know how much the price of something the value is relative right what is expensive to me might not be expensive to you and so we always focus on you know i always say well get get your mind out of what they can or cannot afford get your mind more into the value of what you're providing right if i'm going to help a new coach go from just perhaps not even having monetized their product before to having a four or five figure launch and that's what i'm going to focus on when i'm going to price right i'm not going to focus on what she can or cannot afford based on my reflection of what is what i think is expensive or not expensive and so i always tell people focus on the transformation um and start to think like you know start to start to think about your end goals back to the point i said earlier on if you're saying i want to hit six figures at the end of the year and then it's time to sell your product and you're saying i want to sell a masterclass and i want to or i want to do coaching and i want it to be 100 pounds or 50 or you know whatever and then i'm like well you know that's going to take a very very long time right and that's going to be very very difficult and so it's back to women learning to put on that ceo hat and be like well if i'm going to make this income goal then something has to give i have either have to sell a lot and do a lot of grafting or i have to increase my prices and so we have this income price and we have this um price calculator where it's like we're going to work backwards retrospectively from your goal so this is the goal that you set which means a lot to you it means xyz your child's education this other thing you want to fund that's the goal so that's not changing right because your child has to go yeah. has to go to school right don't they um, and so, so so that's not changing and then now working backwards from that how do we then set your prices because otherwise it's easy to just keep changing the price when it's not tied to a goal right if you don't have a goal and you're like oh i would just you know as long as i can just i just want to help as many women i'm like i know you do but <laughs> another way to help as many women as well is really hitting your revenue goal so that you can really do the things that you want to do and so with pricing i always say first of all there's always there's there are clients for every price point there are clients at every price point if you have a low ticket a mid ticket a high ticket a very high ticket there are clients at every price point and it's really just stepping into that version of yourself that will charge for that thing right and it's not to say that you don't do the work in the background you know with higher prices comes a lot of work but it's also starting to i'm embodying this person who's charging you know four figures for my coaching package or three figures whatever it is that is the next level for you whatever that looks like step into that version how does that person behave you know you see some mentors online do they show up do they show up confidently do they show up consistently do they go on live even though they're shit scared and then start to be that person and a lot of us we think it's have um what is it yeah we think it's have and then do and then be right whereas it's actually be do have so you be that person and you have that thing and then you do that thing that the person does right you, you embody that person right as opposed to you don't have the thing first you don't have the six figures first before you start to behave like a six-figure entrepreneur you you be that person you start to behave like that person before you have what they have my god you just took me back to 
my very first job thank you for sharing that I love that concept of <laughs> you have or have. I've never heard anyone say it like that before listening to you took me back so many years I started my career in a large banking corporation and I started in outbound telesales oh my god it was like I used to I used to at the pay phone I used to ring my mum of a lunchtime and be like mum I can't it was 12 till 9 at night and I'd just be like mum I can't do this I can't I just can't do it and she I remember she would always say to me well if you can't do this and this is what you perceive as the hardest thing to do we'll see that as your biggest win see that as your biggest challenge go back and try double hard like you know go and knuckle down anyway I remember there was this one day and I was like oh I feel like I might just quit like I might you know there's got to be an easier way mm. and I was only at the time I was only 18 and I remember seeing this woman and she must have been mid-30s and I'd see her driving in whatever I, I'm not a car person but it was it was a beautiful car and she was always so well dressed and she f she didn't walk she floated and she was always so assertive but conscientious and I actually remember thinking you will be my template and not in a like a stalkery weird way but just in a I like what I see in you and I'm going to use you as my role model, I suppose is, is the right way to put it. And so exactly. I remember in my next salary, I went to Primark, I bought myself a suit. So I, you know, at the time I was just going in in jeans and stuff and I bought myself a suit and I started showing up as mm -hmm. the person, you know, getting the promotion and who I wanted to become. And that's when I went into learning and development because that was my goal. But to be in that space, I needed to act in a certain way. I think we lose that as we as we get older and mature, because as more mature adults, we think we should know who we are. Yeah, that is quite set. You know, so you must get a lot of women come to you saying, I'm just not very good at selling. I'm just, yeah. you know, I'm just a bit rubbish at selling. What do you think when people come to you and say, oh, I'm just bad at selling? So I think for me, it's more around, firstly, like no one is bad at anything. It just all takes practice. And with anything, it's the same thing with people who come to me and say, oh, how do you show up on video? I can never show up on video. And I'm like, well, the thing is, this time last year, I hadn't even put my picture up on my page, right? It just takes practice. The more you do something, the more, you know, and I think sometimes we internalize these things where we keep saying, it's like, I've always said, I'm bad at math. I'm bad at math. I'm bad at math, right? <laughs> I'm, I'm really bad at math. Um, whereas like, everything takes practice. No one is bad at anything. And no one is the ultimate expert in anything. Expertise is relative. And with me, I think a sales is an extension of a conversation you are already having with your audience and so if you're scared of selling it's probably because you don't have you're not having existing conversations with your audience right sales should be so think of sales as a natural extension of a conversation you were already having it's literally just you know you follow me on instagram and so yeah. things that i don't i don't do what i'm not comfortable with so i don't mm -hmm. slide into people's dms and offer them my services it's just something i've never done it's something that you know there are strategies for that to work and i'm not saying that it's a bad thing it's just not something that aligns with my personality for me I, i'm very open i'm an open book and therefore 
that is the way I sell. I just talk about what I'm doing and I talk about what's happening. And I talk about my client results. And that's the way I teach my clients to sell so that it comes naturally. You know, you're showing your talents, you're showing your passions, you're showing your results, which is what sales is. You're just showing that person and offering them the opportunity to experience something that you're passionate about, something that you have, you know, you have a, a lot of knowledge on. Right. And so if you word it that way and if you view it that way, then it's very different. Right. Isn't it? It's just you giving someone else the opportunity to experience what you're doing, to experience who you're helping, to experience the expertise that you have. All of my mini trainings, et cetera. It's me giving my audience an opportunity to experience a knowledge and a passion that I have. Therefore, some of them will then experience that and think, well, I want to work with her. Right. And that's how it goes into sales. Whereas a lot of times we think sales is this one big thing, it's this one department. And I think it's because of our company experiences where we think it's one big department that's like always on the phone, always, you know, hard selling, hard pitching. That sometimes happens, yes. But usually organic sales, which I teach, is like, you don't want to come off as this person who's always shouting like, buy from me, buy from me, buy from me. There are different ways to sell and you can sell in a way that, you know, embodies your personality and gives people the opportunity such that. And I think... Selling in that organic way actually gives you empowered buyers. Things that I usually don't do is like scarcity, like, you know, scare marketing and scare tactics, because I believe that those create negative bias. Like it's negative reinforcement is really good. It's really effective because you get a lot of people in the door, but it doesn't create empowered bias. It creates disempowered bias. I love for people to work with me and they're so excited, right? Um, people, when we get up a sales call or, you know, they we've just signed their contract, they're like, I can't wait to start. And that's the type of buyer that we put in the work. That is the type of buyer who's empowered to get the results. And that's the type of buyer who will trust me. Whereas if someone has been scared, right, terrified into making that decision, they don't make for an empowered buyer. It's just something that I always teach and something that I need to learn. But yes. All right. So we're going to go into quick round. Um, but I just wanted to thank you so much for everything that you shared today. You are an absolute dream. But for quick round, what is your favorite quote? So my favorite quote is you don't hustle your way up, you serve your way up. Um, that is, you know, something that is very near and dear to me because I'm a community builder, as you might have on my page. And so for me, it's not, it is about the money, you know, you said it, but it's not about the hustling and, you know, trying to get people in and just sell stuff. So I love to help people, whether or not you might or might not be my client, because I've been brought up to believe that and to understand that whatever success you have at the top is really built on all those people you helped along the way. And so I feel that you serve your way up. Thank you. Love that. Never heard that before. Love that. A resource that you're loving is. So right now I'm reading Get Rich, Lucky Bitch. Um, yes. It is such a good book. Yes. Denise by Denise. It's amazing. It's a really great book around money mindset because, you know, me, you spoke earlier on where I'm very sort of mechanical and like about the strategy and the revenue and the goals and you know the money goals but sometimes with the mindset part of things I often struggle as well and so with like manifestation and really connecting with myself on that level is something that I felt needed development and so I bought that book loving it it has forced me to really dig deep into a lot of things that I needed to sort out to get to the next level and yeah I recommend highly recommend that book it is great I highly recommend any sort of money mindset resource um yeah it's a really good book agreed hard agree if you could go back to the beginning of your career what would you tell yourself I would tell myself to be you know more confident 
um, and be more more of myself, really. If you notice on Instagram as well, it's something I started to do because I think growing up in the corporate space, you know, um, building a career there, you're kind of forced to be sort of grown up and be someone that you're really not, even like the things that you wear and the way that you behave that really felt like I had to live my personality at home. But what I've realized that sometimes is strengthening your brand and your business and who you are is really the personality. And so I think being more confident, stepping to my own, but also being more confident with, you know, owning owning rooms and owning conversations. And, and instead of being grateful to, you know, I was grateful to be there, but stop acting grateful, start acting like you did, start acting like you deserve to be there. Um, that was something I, sh- I wish I picked up earlier. Yeah. Amen. Me too. <laughs> I think everyone listening would be like, yeah, me too. Me too. <laughs> Thanks for that. Me too. <laughs> Definitely. Definitely. Mm. And then lastly, thriving in life and business to you means? Thriving in life and business to me means I have all like the support that I need. So a very solid support system is really important to me, but also it's been able to give back. So Firstly, gifting is my love language and I love, so I love receiving gifts, but I also absolutely love to give gifts, be it in the form of, you know, a surprise freebie, but it's a really good free resource or it's, you know, giving someone back something, right? Funding something for someone. That to me is thriving. When I'm able to give back to my family, to friends, to people I don't know, that is when I feel the most happiest. You can tell as well, like you can tell from, the way that you run your social media channels and the amount of value in your free mini trainings, you can tell that they're not words. That's how genuinely how you feel and what you feel passionate about. Thank you. <laughs> I'm glad it comes across like that as well. It does. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much, Mima. I know that people are going to want more from you. So can you just tell us where can we find you? Absolutely. So my Instagram is just miwadasilva.co. Um, so you can find me there on Instagram, but also my website is then Mims, which is my nickname. So it's mimsdasilva.com. So very simple, very straightforward. My Instagram is miwadasilva. And then my um, website where you can find all of my services um, is mimsdasilva.com. I'll link them below. Thank you so, so much for sharing everything that you have. Thank you for having me, Nikki. Like, it was a pleasure to chat. I absolutely enjoy this. Yes, thank you so much. I hope you enjoyed today's episode as much as I did. And I also hope you found some key takeaways that you can implement into your personal and professional development. If you did, I'd love it if you tag me in a screenshot and share with me your key takeaways. As mentioned, any relevant links are in the show notes. And if this episode did resonate with you, make sure that you are subscribed and share this podcast with another leader or business owner that it might help. Finally, if you'd like to stay updated with me and what I'm up to, I'll leave all the links to my social media accounts in the show notes or head over to tlb.org.uk. Thanks for tuning in and I will see you in the next episode.